I do declare that the Sabres playoff race is now dead. Your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Sabres fall in what was the biggest game of the season, biggest game in 11 years, and the last gasp for the Buffalo Sabres to make the playoffs. Two to one at the hands of the Florida Panthers. We will recap it all here on the Locked On Sabres podcast here today. Also, a very interesting goalie conversation. It won't be all doom and gloom because Devin Levi allowed Sabre fans to not entirely be stuck in doom and gloom on this uh, gloomy Wednesday, I must say, actually. Uh, very rainy and thunderstormy here in uh, here in Buffalo. So a lot to get to on today's show. As always, you can follow us on the socials. I'm at Sneaky Joe Sports. To get involved with the podcast account, best way to do that is either at Lockdown Sabres on Twitter or in the comment section on our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube, search Lockdown Sabres. You can find us there. And on any of our videos, you can comment. And we will, if it's good, if it's a good question or a good comment, we will read them here on the show. And a lot of the comments yesterday are about leading into the game. So I don't think I'm going to do one more check here, actually, um, real quick on what's, you know, anything worth mentioning. Eh, here we go. Uh, this is from Ethan. Ethan says, I would not be shocked if they flip Middlestat and slide Savoy in with Coolidge and Greenway as line three. And you can maybe make a case to put Krebs on the wing, get some solid fourth liners to swap for Oak Poso and Gergensen's. You literally can roll four lines with scoring potential. Uh, I like Ethan's thought process there. I actually, I just for my own mental sanity, I did... I did dig up, not dig up, I did create um, a Sabre lineup for night one of next season just to make myself feel better about the future. And you should feel good about the future, but I just needed to see it on paper. So I'm at, Ethan's not too far off of what I had. I actually had Middlestat centering the third line with Matthew Savoy and Yuri Kulich, um, a kid line. That also includes Middlestad. Middlestad will be 25 next year, so I'm not sure you can qualify him anymore. But Middlestad, Savoy, and Coolidge. The top two lines, by the way, exactly how they've been. And then the fourth line, I do have Kyle Poso and Zemgis Gergensen's leaving for uh, a fourth line that would now consist of Peyton Krebs, Tyson Jost, and Jordan Greenway. Fourth line, checking line, defensive line, whatever you want to call it. Um, that would be the other checking line. And that's my forward group. I mean, Poso and Poso out. Coolidge and Savoy in. Uh, it's kind of simplistic, but I think that's a, it's an interesting way for the youngest team in hockey to get even younger. Amazingly, they would be that team I put together average age of like 23. I'll get to the goalie part of that roster. I put up by the way, in segment two of today's show, when we talk about Devin Levi, but more on the game two to one, it, it is a very frustrating way for the season to end, the playoff race to end. And if, if you're wondering why I'm just declaring it dead, I had a caller on WGR Wednesday morning say, how the hell could you possibly declare the season over? There's six games left, and they're six points out, but they have two games in hand. You win them both, you're two points out. I get it, but 
They're under 1% to make the playoffs. I can't, I just can't, I can't realistically get there with under 1% in a, in an election. If you're under 1%, you don't even get on the debate stage. You're on the other debate that airs like three hours before the real debate. So 1%, if they won out 6-0, and you would still need a lot of help um, from the either two of the three, the Islanders, the Penguins, and the, the Panthers. I don't think you're going to get the help from the Panthers. I think they're too good. I just I think they're too good. I That's part of yesterday as to why I'm not that mad about it. You know, sad and, you know, deflated about that result. But I'll be honest with you. I think Florida is the more worthy playoff team. Now, I did not say the Islanders are or the Penguins are. So I still do believe today, if I did power rankings, I would have the Sabres in the top eight. But Florida is a more deserving playoff team than the Sabres are. They're fourth in the league in expected goals for. They are a consistent offensive power like the Sabres, but they are more reliable on defense. They're not great on defense, but they're much more reliable than the Sabres. Aaron Ekblad and Brandon Montour up top have been an incredible duo. Um, Forsling's been a good defenseman for them this season, and they've got more reliable goaltending, even with Spencer, Spencer Knight away from the team and Bobrovsky being a little helter-skelter. It's far better than what the Sabres have. So I think the Panthers are just a more well matured team more they're ready for this i mean the sabers last night had nine players in the lineup that were 23 years old or younger florida had one and there, there's nothing wrong with that it's just florida's in a different place in their timeline they're they're actually falling short of expectations by a wide margin they're supposed to be a cup contender this year they won the president's trophy last season and they made a big splash move in the offseason, traded away picks, traded away important players to get Matthew Kachuk, who's been incredible for them, scored last night, of course, on that deflection goal. Um, but they're not meeting expectations. But they're supposed to be this good. They're supposed to be better than the Sabres. Sabres might be better next year when they're a little bit more fully formed. They're just they're not ready for it yet. Um, that's where I'm at. It's not that bad that they missed and that they lost this game. It's the most frustrating part of it is – the Sabres' fatal flaw all year has been they can't keep the puck out of their own net. They can't get saves. And here was a game where they did that. Levi, you know, is the number one guy to blame for, or to, to to credit for that. 34 saves on 30, no, 32 saves on 34 shots. So Levi was incredible. And you couldn't get him two goals. You couldn't get him two goals. They did score one that was called back on offside. Of course, Alex Tuck. Um, by the way, I'm not Mr. Anti-Replay guy. Uh, if it's offside, it's offside. It's supposed to be a no goal, then call it no goal. Just be quicker to it. The NHL is painfully slow. Um, and that one to me was clear. It was close, but clear. Those are two different things. So two to one, frustrating result. The way it happened, the end of the game, I mean, they were right there. And we'll get into the final sequence in a second. I do want to mention off the top here, some of the stats. And if you look at ice time and whatnot throughout the night, Tyson Jost, buried in the lineup. He only plays seven minutes and 30 seconds of ice time in part because he took two penalties in the first period. He saw a lot of the bench was benched in the third period as a couple guys were also interestingly, the third pair for the Sabres got benched. Riley Stillman only played seven minutes and 55 seconds in this game. Ilya Labushkin only played 10 minutes and 54 seconds, and they were the best two players on the night Corsi wise for the Sabres. Uh, so, Interesting decision there. Meanwhile, Dalene played 25 minutes and 42 seconds. I did hit my uh, shots 
bet for Darlene yesterday. I had two and a half and he hit five. I also hit the plus one and a half. So nice night betting for me uh, and sneaky good bets. But he'd obviously trade that uh, for a, a Sabre result. Sabres played well. They amazingly didn't feel like this. They amazingly had the highest expected goals for in a single game that they've had all year in this game, that they scored one goal higher than when they scored nine against Columbus or when they scored six against LA, or I'm sure there was an eight somewhere in there and a seven in there somewhere. They scored so many uh, goals in so many games. And this was their number one game in terms of expected goals. Alex Lyon played incredible third string goaltender of the, of the Panthers. He's won now four in a row. And what a game, 39 saves, 40 shots. He was saved four goals above expected in this game. I mean, the Sabres got goalied. Sucks. They got goalied in this one by Alex Lyon. What a what a figure. I mean, he's the new Matt Reed. Matt Reed, 11 years ago, scored. 11 years ago today, actually, scored a goal to beat the Sabres and knock them out of playoff contention. Alex Lyon, 11 years later, is the guy that knocks them out. I will say, though, he did look shaky at times. That goal Dylan Cousins scored, he should have saved that. It's a wrist shot from the top of the faceoff circle. And he got lucky. Third period, Kyle Oposo's behind the net, and he goes to swing around for a wraparound backhand goal. And Lyon's in the back of his net. He's way back. I mean, he's given up the whole goal line. And Oposo, if he's just a little closer to the post with the puck, it's going to go in for what would have been a terrible goal by Lyon. So they had opportunities. They were right there. Thompson fans on it late on the power play. Um, Tuck had a couple plays where he fanned on it. Middlestad had three or four opportunities to tie the game that he wasn't able to cash in on. So they were right there. A lot of those expected goals, I would bet, came in the third period. They really turned it on late. Um, And speaking of late, the final sequence, you got to have a better play than Rasmus Dahlin who, yes, Norris caliber defenseman, arguably the best player on the team. I would say best player in the team. You got to have a better play than Darlene on a one-timer with no traffic in front. I don't care where the one-timer's from. Darlene's shot is his weakness. It's much better than it's been. And you know what? For a defenseman, it's pretty good. But it's not a goal scorer's shot. He is not Olsen. He is not Thompson. He is not... Tuck, Skinner, there are a not a dozen, but there are a half dozen guys on this team that I would trust more with a one-timer in that spot than I would Rasmus Dahlin. It's just more, that's more about coaching, I guess, and drawing up a play. Um, I'd rather have Thompson take the shot from the point there through traffic. Dahlin from that angle, yeah, he could have scored it. And with 10 seconds left, you know, maybe I'm nitpicking and that, you know, he could have passed it off and they would have never got a shot. Um but man, I would have hoped that there was something better they could have drew, drew up there for it being a six on three. It was only 12 seconds, but they had a six on three. Got a something else. I don't know. I wanted something else. I don't have a good answer for what I would have wanted instead. Uh, Olsen, honestly, it's funny. I, I can't really say Olsen because I've been banging the drum for Olsen to be a healthy scratch. And here he was a healthy scratch. And I'm about to spit out of my mouth now that I, I wish Olsen was available to be in that spot to be able to hit that one-timer because on the right side like that, who's your best left shot one-timer? It's Victor Olofsson. So I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth, a little inconsistent, I guess, the last couple of days. I would still trade him in the offseason, um, but 
Maybe Matthew Savoy can take over for that. Or uh, Yuri Kulich. Savoy's a right shot. Yuri Kulich maybe could be that one-timer uh, next year. Jack Quinn. Maybe you know Jack Quinn. I don't remember. Uh, anyways, tough one. Deflating in the playoff drought. Assuming that it went out and get some help, which I guess could happen, but very unlikely. The playoff drought will now hit 12 seasons, and they will come into a tie with the New York Jets for the longest playoff drought in sports with the Sacramento Kings headed to the postseason in the NBA. Time out here, and when we come back, the, the bright side of Tuesday night's game. Devin Levi was unbelievable. What it means for the rest of the year and what it means for the start of next year. I think it's a very interesting conversation to have. So we'll get into all of that coming up here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. We are presented by Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. When you're drafting your fantasy team, you ever wish you could handpick the best stars for your business team? If you're building your talent roster, you need Indeed. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you all you when you can do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like matching, assessments, and virtual interviews. Hate waiting? Indeed's U.S. data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job, their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match you with must-have job requirements. Visit Indeed.com slash locked on to start hiring right now. Just go to Indeed.com slash locked on. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everybody. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sneaky Joe DiBiase back here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Devin Levi, unreal in his second start for the Buffalo Sabres. 30, it was 34 shots uh, saves, by the way, on 36 shots on goal. Uh, Levi was tremendous, and he made a bunch of saves to keep the Sabres in it, including a highlight reel uh, breakaway save on Matthew Kachuk in the waning minutes. He, in the second period, had another cross-ice save where he dove across, I think with the blocker, where he actually got number nine on SportsCenter Top 10. We've now seen two games of Devin Levi, and he has he's not yet allowed a goal where he's just gotten beat. He's allowed four goals, and all four are a little fluky, right? Like last night, it's off the post, off the back of his arm, and into the net. And the other one is a deflection from right in front. So n- neither goal you can blame on him at any point. Levi's yet to just get beat. And he had a lot of chances to get beat. You know, there's Eric Stahl flying down point blank with a wrist shot. And just he flashes the blocker. Um, the Kachuk had a couple of other opportunities. Reinhardt had a couple opportunities where they were in close. And Levi either flashed the pad or flashed the glove. He was poised again. He was technically sound again. He was athletic and quick again two games in they've looked largely the same he looks unbelievable the Sabres play a high event style so a lot of chances against him and the only goals that have gone in on him were fluky it's it's incredible and he's beating all the hype and I do want to point out that for next season it's not all what he does in these few games I think part of the equation of whether or not he's here and even more so, whether or not he's the starter, the 1A, is 
what he's done building up to this point in time uh, where he has made his NHL debut. Devin Levi at every level has been dominant. Every level. We've yet to see him struggle anywhere. Now, I made this point in in contrast uh, to Ukapeka Lukanen recently where I said Lukanen has not really done anything to show you that he is a goaltender worthy of being in the NHL. Uh, because Lukanen, in comparison, he struggled really at every level. He got drafted because of his raw ability and his being six foot five and you know all the athleticism that he possesses. Let's look at let's look at Ukapeka Lukanen at his recent stops, shall we? Lukanen in the NHL, an eight ninety seven save percentage, struggles a lot. AHL level, eight ninety five save percentage, struggles a lot. Um. The what else do you want for this? How about the the World Juniors? 908 save percentage. Eh, pretty good, but not not great. Not great by any means. How about the U18s? The IIHF U18s. He played nine games there. A 904 save percentage. Eh, not that great. How about the U18s in in Finland? The U18 fin- Finnish league that he played in. 31 games played. 901 save percentage. Okay. Uh what else? How about Liga? In just the number one finish league, 14 games played, 905 save percentage. Uh, Mestis, I don't actually know what that is, but it's got a finish flag next to it on elite prospects. 909 save percentage in 24 games. That is like six different levels of hockey where Ukapekalukanen has never had a 910 save percentage. Anywhere. Levi, meanwhile, let's look at his stops. CCHL for... um, CCHL for Devin Levi, 37 games played, a 941 save percentage. NCAA, a 942 save percentage in 66 games. The NHL level, a 942 save percentage. I know only in two games. How about at uh, the World Juniors and the uh, U20, a 964 save percentage and one of the best goalies we've ever seen at the tournament. The uh, the U19 tournament that he played in, six games, a 917 save percentage. I mean, he's been dominant everywhere. Every level he's gone to. So I might expect that to continue. It could continue. I I think he'll hit some turbulence in a rookie season where he's with the Sabres the whole year. It's an unfair ask to expect him not to at the highest level. But I I think he's earning the job. And now the question, if, if that continues and he plays whatever it is, three or four more games for the Sabres and he starts the year next year. I, I'm more and more his name's in pencil. If if I'm doing the lineup opening night next year, right now, I've got Devin Levi written in pencil. He's one of the two goaltenders. What I then have to decide is who's my other goaltender? Who pairs with Levi if he is indeed here? And he bypasses Rochester just because he doesn't need it. And by the way, I think Levi could play maybe world championships. He'll be ineligible for the AHL playoffs. I think he would have already had to play there. Um, but I could see world championships for Levi playing for team Canada. Continue. The Sabres might want that him, let him continue to uh, show that he's ready for the NHL. The worlds are not the NHL, but it's NHL caliber talent all over the place. It's part of the reason why we all knew Owen power be ready right away. Cause he played for team Canada at the worlds. Um, Levi who pairs with him though, is the big question if he is here. And I just can't get there on Lukanen. I can't get there on two unproven netminders being paired together when it's a playoff or bus season. And that will be it. That'll make it weird and interesting on what they do for Lukanen. Lukanen 
at the start of next season, he will need waivers to go up or down. So they're going to have to make a call on him, whether or not that's going to be, he's an NHL goaltender. He's one of the two. We're going to put him with Levi or we're going to trade him. And all honesty, I do. I do like the second option. It's not, I don't need to give up on Lukanen. I just don't really think he fits the timeline for what the Sabres are looking for in goal. Levi is very rapidly here taking over his spot as the young guy in the NHL level. So who do you pair with the young guy? It's not another young guy, typically, especially when you're trying to win right away. So my ideal outcome might be Levi starts the season in the the NHL next year, and they find a team. I I will go back to Thatcher Demko. I'm going to work to try to find a different example than Thatcher Demko because I, I I go to him as my go-to all the time and I never mention another name but just for example Thatcher Demko in Vancouver the Canucks work because they're a team that's hitting the reset button and Demko wants out and he's 27 he's about to be 28 years old they're looking to clear cap space he makes five million dollars for the next three years and you could get Vancouver on the phone and say listen we know that you're going to move on from Demko but you also need some option in the future. You would like to have a guy to help, you know, develop. You want to develop a guy into your future. Number one, here you go. 23 years old. They might need some, some seasoning still, but you're not winning anything next year anyway. So give him the games, let him get his reps. And you know what? Maybe in two, three years at 25 years old, which by the way is when a lot of goalies end up showing up at the NHL level in the first place, you might be your number one. You could sell them on he's the next Linus Allmark. Linus Allmark wasn't even in the NHL at this point. He struggled in his first year, went down to the AHL for two years, and then, oh, look, 25, he's finally in the NHL. Lukanen's got two more years till that point. So that, and and you get Demko back. You flip your goalie value from young, potential, unproven to more stable, more solidified, be a little bit more money probably. But that, to me, is a better option than, than Lukanen to pair with Devin Levi. Demko or a Demko-like player. And the other example I'll make that, I'll, that I've made before on the show is the Boston example. The Bruins did this. Jeremy Swayman is the best comparable you'll find in the league for Devin Levi, in all honesty. He was a low-round pick. He was a fourth-round pick of the, of the Boston Bruins. He had an incredible college hockey career. He, at a young age, 21 for him, he showed up and... He played 10 games at the end of his season for the Bruins. And in those 10 games, he had a 945 save percentage and went seven and three. Very similar numbers to what Levi's done in two. So what did the Bruins do? After 10 games, the Bruins said, all right, we're going to put you in the NHL the next season. We know you're young. We know it's a, it's a quick timeline usually for goalies, but we'll put you in the NHL. But what the Bruins did was not sit on their hands and say, well, we got this other goalie prospect, Daniel Vladar, who was higher drafted um, than than Swayman was. He was a third-round pick of the Bruins, and he was 23 years old at the time, the exact same age that Ukapeka Lukanen is, and he had played you know, a similar amount of games that Lukanen had at the time. He had played, what was it? Uh, actually, he did play fewer games. He was only at five games played for the Bruins, but he was ready to make the jump to the NHL level, and everybody knew he was ready to make the jump to the NHL level. So what did the Bruins do? Instead of going with two unproven guys, they traded the lesser of the two, and they brought in a more stable, more proven, 
above average starting goaltender in Lena Salmark. And I don't need Thatcher Demko or a guy the Sabres would bring in to be the Vesna winner like Allmark is, but I need them to be what Allmark was, which again is a above average starting goalie in the NHL to pair with my young guy who, if he takes over the net, great. And last year that actually kind of happened. Swayman started 41 games, exactly half. And Allmark split the net with him this year. Even Allmark's been incredible, but Swayman has split the net with him. That to me is not a scenario to run from. It's a scenario to run towards pair him with a more established guy. That to me right now is the dream scenario. Night one next year is Levi and a more established veteran. Not Jonathan quick, by the way, stop tweeting me about Jonathan quick. Jonathan quick stinks. Jonathan quick real quick on Jonathan quick. Stop thinking about him in the last five years in the NHL. There have been 66 goaltenders that have played more than 82 games, a full season's worth of NHL hockey. 66 goaltenders. You want to know where John the Quick ranks in save percentage? 65th. Martin Jones is the only goalie in hockey that's worse than him in that last five in the last five years. No John the Quick. No chance. No thank you. I don't want any part of it. But other ideas, you know, we'll get to them as the uh, the offseason approaches. Quick timeout. When we come back, what to watch for the rest of the way. In fact, Kind of an Amherst update. I think the Amherst are something to really watch for the rest of the way. So we'll give you a little update on Rochester. And I got a couple questions actually at Lockdown Sabres about whether Yuri Kulich and Isaac Rosine could play for the Sabres this year. I do think they could. And that would mean them going up and then going back. I'll explain next, though, here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. We are presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. The NBA playoffs are almost here. Three games left for a lot of these teams. And it's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000. That is bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It is safe, secure, and super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything, money lines, point scores, over-unders, threes drained, anytime goal scorers in the NHL. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. If you parlayed last night i had sabers plus one and a half against the panthers and i had um what's the other one i had i had rasmus dalin over two and a half shots i did not get the paterka goal so actually you would have lost um if you did all three but if you did those two you would have won a lot FanDuel sportsbook uh don't miss out there. No sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Sneaky Joe DiBiase back here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Okay, what to watch for the rest of the way? Of course, Devin Levi. I hope he plays again tomorrow night in Detroit. What else to watch for? Start paying attention to the Amherst a little bit. The Amherst are fun. They're good. The Amherst this season, in fact, their record speaks for itself. It is 33-25-5. and um, They're actually exactly an even goal differential, though, which is funny. Rochester has a nine-point lead on the playoffs. It, it's a very weird, finicky system the AHL has. It's, it would take me... It would take me 50 minutes to explain what the the AHL system is. But essentially, the top five in each in the North Division where the Amherst reside get in. And right now, they are nine points ahead of sixth, the Belleville Senators. So they're going to make the playoffs. Now, they also could earn a first-round bye. So if that happens, that what they need for that to happen, they need to gain one point on either the Utica Comets, who are tied with the Amherst in points, but have the tiebreaker, or they're one point behind Syracuse. 
they would have to jump Syracuse by one point. So the Amherst could earn themselves a way into the second round without even playing a first round series. The first round, by the way, is a three game series. Second round is a five game series. Here's where I'm at though. With all that being said, those are important. And guys, the guys I'm thinking of most notably are Yuri Kulich and Isaac Rosine. Those two, you need to play, obviously, obviously, need to have play in the AHL playoffs. They have been good for them all year. They have helped them get to this point, and they should be down there. But here is another thing. The Sabres finish their regular season before the Amherst playoffs begin. The Amherst have 16 games left, and the Sabres have six. So what my thought would be, and I hope the Sabres do this. Maybe they wait till they're mathematically eliminated. So you only get this for two or three games. Final couple games of the season. Call up Yuri Kulich. Call up Isaac Rosine. They've done this in the past with a lot of guys. Alex Nylanders used to happen with every year because he would always be in Rochester stinking it up. Uh, Kulich and Rosine playing for the Sabres by the end of the year. I'd like to see that. Especially Kulich. He's the one I'm thinking more about. Okay, this guy's going to be ready for next season. I'm penciling him into my lineups for next year. Uh, Rosine, maybe, I, you know, that might be a little bit of a longer shot. He probably needs another year to cook down in Rochester. Um, but let's see, let's see how close he is. Let's see how close Coolidge is. So another thing to watch for the rest of the way, not only those two playing in the AHL playoffs, uh, Amherst playoffs will be fun whenever they come to those two coming up and playing a couple games for the Sabres. I'm not hundred percent sure it's going to happen, but I feel like we are tracking towards that. Uh, if the Sabres get eliminated before the end of the year mathematically all right no more in the hunt it's frustrating they got the pittsburgh result too the sabers got the penguins to lose the devils and we still the playoffs are over they could have they could have been there they could have been two points behind florida three points behind the penguins and two points behind or four points behind the islanders or two games in hand on all three it it was that close that close but alas, we will look for other things going forward. Next year, of course, uh, anything else to watch for in these remaining games? Hey, again, if they win out, they got a shot. So uh, still be rooting for them to win. We're not in Bedard watch by any means. Thanks, everybody, for listening to today's episode of the Lockdown Sabres podcast. We'll talk more about Sabres and Red Wings tomorrow on tomorrow's show. So come back for that. And uh, well, more Amherst updates as we progress here, as they, uh, they, they, will, they will play meaningful games, uh, even though the Sabres might not. Now go make your next listen. Locked on game to game, every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked on game to game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked on can deliver. Follow game to game on Locked on NHL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.